What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Average Sports Cat Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Christian Crittenden, and that's right. It is Football Friday. We will break down all the hottest storylines in football, whether it's college or professional, from the NFL ranks. Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia have been fired. We'll get into that and where the Lions go next. Are the Pittsburgh Steelers legit? Davis, who joins us on this week's show, is a huge Ravens fan. He's not so fond of the Steelers, but he may have to legit he may have to admit that they are better than what he thinks. We'll also talk about Michigan and Jim Harbaugh. Is this his last stand at Michigan? Will he be gone next year or will he return? And then what should the NCAA do about its COVID problem? So without further ado, let us get it rolling. What's up everyone? After a uh took a few week break. A little hiatus, if you want to call it that. We're back with Football Friday. Davis is joining me now. Marcus will join me in a bit. Davis, you made it to another Friday, man. How, how you doing? Man, I'm good. Um, like you said, a little bit of a hiatus, but um, we made it back and ready to talk NFL and college football. Yes, sir. And then Marcus just joined us. Marcus, another Football Friday. Just mentioned to Davis. Made it back, man. How you doing today? I'm good, fellas. I'm just ready to unleash. Ready to unleash? Wow, man. Well, we're going to see if uh, we get right into it, man. We see if, if Marcus going to unleash on this or he going to wait till later. I feel he's going to wait till later. He might clown this first topic. All right. So, as some of you may or may not know, last Saturday, the Lions pulled a Lions move. So, they did fire Matty P, Matt Patricia, and Bobby Q, or Quinn Trisha, whatever you want to call them. They fired those two, and they are – no longer at their jobs. However, uh, if you listen to Sheila Ford Hemp, the Lions owner talk, it was uh, not not the most convincing, you know. The, I think the one thing out of her press conference after firing them, I will say they got fired on like Saturday at like 4 p.m. No, it was, it was like, it wasn't even 4. It was like 2 or 3 because I was at the Georgia State game and I just looked on Twitter and I was like, well, they got fired? So I went to check and see if it was real. It was actually real. But, of course, the Lions do it on a Saturday, and she had to take the extra time to think about Bob Quinn and whatever. And then Sheila Fordham came out and said that uh, 10 days ago that they looked like a playoff team, and uh, the last two games ruined it for Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia. So I, I don't know what she was watching that made them seem like that – made her think this was a playoff team, but she fired them and, uh, you know, kind of hid it from the world. But regardless, Marcus, these two are gone. Uh, will the Lions finally get it right this time? With the uh, hire, do you think do you have confidence in Sheila for him? Um, if history shows, if the odds are no, they won't get it right. But it it definitely right now it it could be they could be on the poss- on the on the verge of possible turning things around. It, you know the 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 the, the original owner uh, William Clayford was running things for a long time. Then his, he, he passed. Um, before, his, before he passed, actually, I think his son kind of had a couple different uh, – I think he was res- more responsible for Matt Mellon being hired. Oh, and Bill then Ford. now the – who did you say? Yeah, Bill Ford Jr., yeah. Yeah, I think, he was, I think he was more so pushing for Matt Mellon. And then uh, you had uh, Sheila, you know, Ford – that came in and uh, also, you know, made a couple of different moves that didn't really work out. And now you have the daughter. So you have four different uh, members of the Ford family that has made an input. So I know 
you're looking like, what's the difference? So, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at with it. Um, I would just like to see them do some things, get, get somebody experienced, uh, get somebody with different vision, a different outtake. I don't want any of those. Uh, I, I really don't like when people try to hire somebody from a coaching tree and think that they're going to bring that same that same type of thing. The Patriot way. Huh? The Patriot way. Yeah, and 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 so I I don't like that that philosophy or whatever. I just I want them to do something fresh. I want them to do something different. Um I got a name. I'll say it later in the show. I mean, I'm not a big fan of his, but I think he's a candidate that could be uh, could uh could do some things name, here. I'm not a fan of his, but I think that if you look at his tenure and his career, he definitely um, should have got another NFL job. Um, I think I, I think I would have to say. Um, did, wait, did he get? I'm trying to think. Did he get another NFL job after that first one? Uh, did Lovey Smith get a second job? No, I think it was just the Bears, man. And see, if you look at his Bears, no, career, he was in. He was in oh, Tampa. Oh, you know, right? he's the Bucks. He's with the Bucks. You're right. He's with the Bucks. Oh, you, you know what though? And he he was at Tampa. I think he got a raw deal in Tampa. I, I don't think that they gave him a, a, the best shot or whatever because I know he was – was he the coach when they drafted Jameis Winston? Yeah. And, see, I don't like when coaches get 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 um, get fired off of the general the general managers and executives of the team mistake when they, when, they, when they do that because if you look at Jameis, Jameis hasn't lit the league on fire. He shows some ability. He definitely belongs in the league. He hasn't lit the league on fire like they had a great quarterback, and he just he just didn't do anything with that quarterback. This is the thing with Lovey Smith, though. Jameis, they started to improve, but they were afraid that Dirk Cutter was going to get hired on the job. So to avoid Dirk Cutter from getting another job, they fired Lovey and then gave a job to Dirk Cutter. Yeah, I, that makes so, that makes sense. That's why I said he got. That's why I said he got a raw deal. Because it just didn't feel like – I mean, I didn't follow the Tampa Bay, and I didn't follow Lovey down there as much as Chicago. But if you just look at it from the outside, it just looked like he got a raw deal. It just like he got, like, you know, he got railroaded a little bit. So I would like to see him get a better, a fair shot. Because if you look at it, Chicago, the city, is a tough city as far as, like, sports, especially football. We know football is number one in Chicago. If you look at it, and you look at what – and you just look at the quarterbacks – that he's had and, and and the teams he's had, the defense was always decent in Chicago, and 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 the quarterbacks were not that good. I know they had Jay Cutler and Brandon Marshall and things like that, but Jay Cutler is not the guy that you that you could say that if 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 he had like an Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, and he never did anything. Okay, you could say that's fair. He had a good you know he had a good team. He just couldn't do it. But he what what did he he took Rex Grossman. To the Super Bowl, <laughs> you know, that's what that's that's that should get that should get you at least a ten year contract just because that quarterback to make ten year Chris, he took Rex Grossman in that NF offense. They didn't have that first that Super Bowl they went against with the with the Colts. They didn't that wasn't a good offense. He took that team to the Super Bowl. That that was a, that was an accomplishment in itself. All right. All right. All right. I just, I just say I, I, I would love for, especially how, the, how, 
especially how things turned out with um with Lovey Smith. I, I just didn't I it didn't it didn't fit well. But I'm I'm gonna give you another name that if they hired this guy, I wouldn't I wouldn't be mad about it. Is the San Francisco defensive coordinator, um, my man from Dearborn. Barbara I think he'd be. I yeah, think, I'm I think, a big fan of his. Yeah, Salah. I think I think he would be a good a good coach too. But I I mean right now that's one and two on my list. The the lovey lovey he fits he checks the box of a, a, a minority. Just if if Caldwell wouldn't got a bad deal, I wouldn't even be pushing for a minority for this role. But he but but Caldwell got such a bad deal from the Lions. That that's that's one reason why I'm saying Lovey. I think Lovey was an underrated NFL coach. I really do. I think he doesn't get a lot of shine because he didn't have the glorious offenses. But Lovey was a good guy. So I would say Lovey or Robert Sala. That's who I'm thinking off the head for the next um, head coach of the Lions. I like Robert Sala. I, I'm I would rather go Sala than Lovey. And I, I I you know Jim Caldwell. You know, he got kind of a bad deal in Detroit to an extent. To an extent, and you know, Lovey got a raw deal in, in Tampa Bay, but I just want something new and fresh, you know. And, and Lovey, he he's probably he's you know he was good, but I don't know, man. I just feel the if Lovey was really that guy, he he would be in the league now. I know he's at Illinois right now, but come on, man. Illinois compared to the NFL, uh, it, I'd rather just try something new, something fresh. And, and I like Robert Salah, but the the league is trending towards. Offense, and we just saw a defensive coordinator. Now, albeit Patricia ain't no damn defensive guru like he claims to be, but I just don't want to get in that again. And we and you do you need defense to win an NFL? But clearly, defense wasn't Patricia's strong, strong suit, and offense wasn't either. So I just don't want to get stuck in another situation like that with a defensive guy who his defense isn't really as good as it looks, and then. You stuck because he's not an offensive guy, and the league is trying to search offense, so that could be his spot too. But it's also the GM hire; it, it makes a big deal in this as well because Salah has a good defense, but the general manager John Lynch also, you know, gives him good players to work with. And I know they've been injured, but they still be you know competitive. But even in Jacksonville, he was there. I think he has some good good talent there. He has tons of talent on San Francisco, so the GM hire is just as important as the uh, coaches hire, I, I would say. Yeah, that's that's definitely important. Yeah. All right. Uh. Well, I mean, we we we've been at at nauseum about uh Patricia and Quinn and their failure, so we won't get into that again. But just hope the Lions finally do something right. Uh. It, I don't like the fact that Rob Wood is 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 the president. Though I mean, like, what is Rob Wood admitted he don't know about football, and so if Rob Wood really knew about football, these two probably would have been gone a lot sooner. And like, they shouldn't have been brought back this year because clearly. They they passed on Tua or and Justin Herbert last year to take a corner who can't play. Then they're gonna be just bad enough. They won't be bad enough to to this year to have a shot at Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence. So like they're fired. But if you had people that really knew what they were doing, then these guys wouldn't have even been brought back this year or be given a fair shot at things because now it kind of messed them up for the future. But I don't know. We'll see. Um, I guess if you make the right hire, it'll, it'll make up for a lot of things. So we'll, we shall see. All right, Davis is a rival. Is the team he hates the most in the NFL. The Pittsburgh Steelers are eleven and zero after beating the, the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, 
on Wednesday afternoon football, which is extremely mm. weird. Uh, what was it? Close game, 19-14 game. Uh, Baltimore mm. made it tough, missing 20 players, it felt like. <laughs> but they still made it tough on Steelers Davis. It was, it was yeah, 18, 18 players. Oh, wow. Okay, I was making the number up. All right, uh, Davis, I know you hate the Steelers, man, but are they, are they, are they legit? Are they a legit Super Bowl contender? Can't stand them. Uh, least favorite team. If I was a player in the NFL and I scored a touchdown, I would go grab a terrible towel and stomp on it um, like the Titans did back in the day. Um, are the Steelers a legit Super Bowl contender? Uh, no, they're not. Um, there's a uh, Right now, I'd say Kansas City is better than them. I would say that Tennessee is better than them in the AFC. Uh, in the NFC, I think there's a lot of teams better than them. I think – that they would lose to Green Bay. I think they would lose to Seattle. I think they would lose to New Orleans. They've played a very easy schedule. They are a good team. They're not a great team. They're 11-0. They could go 16-0, and that will not change my opinion. Because you look at how the Steelers have played this year. They're playing everybody close. They're squeaking wins by. Ben has played well this year. They have a great receiving core. Their defense just lost Bud Dupree, who's having a Pro Bowl-type season, all-pro type season, really. I mean, him and T.J. Watt have both been great off the edge this year they already lost Devin Bush at linebacker so you're down two of your best defensive players now and you're telling me you're going to be able to stop a Derrick Henry or a Patrick Mahomes type offense no way no way no way no way so although they're going to keep winning um you know this is this is not a Super Bowl contender right now in my opinion really Marcus what do you think about that I think that's a good assessment I, I, I definitely do. I've noticed that they are, I, I mean, I'm, a, I'm I'm not a Pittsburgh fan. I'm a, I'm a fan of their culture from what I see or what I know. Um, I'm, I'm definitely a Mike Tomlin fan and stuff and everything um, or whatever. But I have noticed they've had some injuries to their linebacker core. Uh, Bud Dupree, like you say, just went out yesterday. Devin Bush was earlier in the season. Um, I know T.J. Watts had another stellar season. And stuff like that. So I would like to see how they um, how they finish. But it's it's it's. I'll say this: uh, far as their defensive backfield, I think they 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 they're probably still okay. Like going against a, a, um, a Kansas City, but Tennessee, they're going to need those linebackers against Tennessee. And right. if they match if they match up against it's it's about it's about a matchup. If they draw Kansas, if they can draw Kansas City, I, if I was them, I prefer to draw Kansas City in the AFC Championship as opposed to Tennessee in the first round, or or them in the in the in the second or in the in the uh, AFC Championship because I'm telling you that Derrick Henry, what he does, I noticed is earlier in the season he doesn't get gaudy numbers, but middle to end of the season. He started wearing people down. He Racks started wearing up. people down, and 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 he's a scary guy. I remember, I remember his first season at Alabama. I think this is the year that they had the uh, Alabama had the kick six against. I mean, Auburn had the kick six against Alabama, and the first time that I saw him, I said, "What the hell is that?" Like it looked, he looked like something Nick Saban created. <laughs> Like he looked like he looked like a play a, a creative player or something, the way he how big he was and stuff. So that guy's a freak. That guy, people talking about DK Metcalf, the new Megatron. No, no, Derek Henry is Megatron. Right, just playing a different position. Bad boy, man. That's, that's a bad exactly. 
But I'll say Man, this: I don't think that Pittsburgh. You know, I, I don't think I don't think they can stop a run attack like Tennessee because they couldn't stop Baltimore's two times this year. The first game, the Ravens ran for like two thirty on the ground, and yesterday I think that we were over hundred yards. I haven't looked at the box score. You know, I was not a not happy with that game. Obviously, a loss to the Steelers. Let's look at the box score, Steelers. Um, but I, I'm pretty sure we ran for over hundred yards yesterday. Let's see, uh, Robert Griffin III, RG3, he had 68. Okay. Justice Hill had 35. All right. Mr. Sterling had 16. Gus Bust, Gus Edwards had 10. Dang, Gus Bust, only with 10. That's tough. But, yeah, over 100 yards yesterday, so Pittsburgh can't really stop uh, the run. And I don't I don't care if Kansas City is more of a passing team. They're not going to stop Kansas City. I'm, I'm sorry. You put Joe Hayden on Tyreek Hill. That's going to get exposed. And you put Stevie Nelson on, you know, whoever, Sammy Watkins, Nicole Hardman, um, that, that'll get exposed as well. And then, like like we said, Devin Bush would be probably the best candidate to guard Travesty, and he's out. So they, they'd get lit up by Tennessee and uh, Kansas City. Do I think that the Ravens could beat the Steelers in the playoffs healthy? Absolutely. Um so we'll just see, but right now Pittsburgh's undefeated, but that does not mean that they're a Super Bowl contender because they're not right now. They're they're not they're not hitting on all sides of the ball. They can't run the ball, and they can't defend the run. And you can't win a Super Bowl like that. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, are they great? No, they're not great against the run. Um, Kansas City's on a different level, so. It- it's, it's that's what I'm great. saying. Like they, they'll, they would, they wouldn't stand a chance. They, they get run out by the end of the third quarter. All right. Well, I'm, I'm saying it's about the Steelers. I think they're, like I said, a good team. We're gonna see though. Coming up, they have the Bills on Sunday Night Football. That's in Buffalo. Now they are lucky that this is a COVID year because had this been like a regular year, that would be uh, impossible game to win. Going in there at night. With Bills Mafia and them damn tables, that would be over with. But they would already you know, lost the game. Had it been a regular, yeah, yeah, I mean, Bills Mafia they would have lost on Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, oh, you know, and that's another thing. You know, I get it. There wasn't. They were. They weren't happy. You know, playing on having the game move from Thursday originally. But like all that complaining they were doing was just like, bro, just shut up. Get, just get right. Ready and it was like. And the Ravens had an active outbreak. It wasn't like, you know, what do you think? The Ravens were excited to move the game so we could play with 18 players out? <laughs> like, like what, bro? We had, you know, Trace McSorley in the game. Come on, man. And they talk all that trash about how it's going to be an easy win and have to score. Right, by. right. And then they were, yeah, and then they were having to make third down plays in the end of the fourth quarter to win the game. So, you know, just classic, classic Steelers, man. And you know, it's, it's a game that the Ravens really could have won. There are a lot of things I was angry about. I won't rant about them tonight because I feel like with you know, with all the players that we had out, I don't want to get mad about that game. But we definitely could have won. When I say we, I mean the Ravens. The Ravens definitely could have won that game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They got Ravens got to get together though when they get their guys back healthy. Absolutely, um, I do agree with that. And the clock management was horrible. We definitely should have scored. The Ravens definitely should have scored before the end of the half. Oh yeah, that was that was bad. I, that you was run the ball one time out, of course, still are not going to get up. And then you right, that was horrible. I don't know if I should be mad at clock management at the restaurant calling delay game or at Luke Wilson for not bringing that ball in, but maybe just all three of them because that was not acceptable. It was not acceptable. 
All right, well, still, they got the Bills and Coats coming up and the Browns. So, uh, the last three out of five games, we will learn right. more. We'll more, learn more about the Steelers then. All right, so while the Ravens got their game postponed, the Broncos did not have that fortune. Came out Saturday night that a quarterback in the room, I guess he ended up taking his mask down and they were fine. And uh, some, I mean, it came out in, in, in all four, and all the quarterbacks were in the room. So, None of them were able to play. They all got fine. And uh, the Broncos had to go out there without a quarterback last week. Uh, do you guys think it was fair, though, that the Broncos had to put out a quarterback? And I, which thing, Marcus? Was it fair to put Oh, out I was going to say, I thought it was funny. And I laughed at it and stuff. For one, I laughed at it because I'm so used to the Lions being abused by the NFL, the league <laughs> office, that it was funny that somebody else was abused as well. But honestly, um, when they uh, when they told guys early in the year want to want to you know get with the program, and, and you have a medical you know if you have a medical condition you can opt out. I think you can get like what two fifty, and if you just want to opt out, I think you get one fifty and mm-hmm. stuff. So when you opted in and you want to take your normal salary and stuff, and you have to know that uh, it's going to be real, it's going to be it's going to be strict to the point of you know you need to follow these guidelines, keep yourself safe, keep the team safe. And you got you got some guys that don't want to participate in being uh, being in team unity and do their own thing and stuff like that. And so it's kind of like it's on y'all. You know, we we gave y'all that we told y'all what what was necessary. Some of you guys didn't follow protocol, and now you know you're hurting your team and stuff. And so I think at the end, I I wouldn't I don't I don't feel sorry for Denver because you know. Of course, though. I mean, some of them, some of the guys, I think, admitted that they wasn't following everything, so they didn't, they didn't do what was best interest of of their team, and so it's hard for me to have sympathy for Denver anyway. Plus, let's be honest, they wasn't gonna, they not, they they're not considered to be a contender this year anyway. So, bro, you know, they would have lost think, that game. Yeah, so regardless. that's why I'm saying, like. <laughs> Y'all, you know, it ain't like it was a, a, a contender that got, you know, punished like that, you know. It was a thing with Baltimore and, and Pittsburgh is that was a, a – we you know we pretty much know both of those teams is probably going to make the playoffs this year. So they was trying to you know, make sure that, you know, those games get played and moved and, you know, and necessary and stuff. So, I mean, I don't I don't feel any sympathy for Denver. Yeah, so Jeff Driscoll uh, – not Jeff. Jeff Driscoll was the guy who had uh, COVID. And uh, they were all in the room. They weren't wearing masks, so they were deemed those uh, high contact. But it looks like they'll get to play this weekend coming up. Uh, I, I did think I laughed too. Uh, I thought it was hilarious that they got to put on a quarterback. Uh, but shout out to the uh, the guy they threw out there. Um, so I think his name was Kendall Hilton. Yeah, Kendall Hilton. Sorry, uh, he was one of nine, 13 yards passing. But the dude yeah. found out Saturday night that he was playing quarterback. <laughs> so. I mean, for a guy that hasn't played since college to, to – Right, uh, no, that's tough. That's tough. Impossible. So, shout out to him, though, man, for going out there and giving it right. a shot. No. The only Where thing I'll you? say is that, you know, I, I just don't understand why people on Twitter are consistently trying to compare the Ravens situation to the Broncos. The Broncos had four players that were deemed high risk. The Ravens have had plenty of players throughout the season test positive, and we've still played our games. But this is an active outbreak of over 20 people. Like, that's much different than – Mm-hmm. four players who have all been in the same room like and so i just don't understand where where that came from 
Um, but in a way, I kind of do feel bad for the Broncos. But like Mark just said, regardless, they were, they were going to get killed either way. They're not a good team, and the Saints are really rolling right now. Yeah, they are. They are. Speaking of the Saints, man, how about uh, Taysom Hill filling in for Drew Brees? Is Taysom Hill the next the next great NFL QB, guys? Please stop. <laughs> Let me tell you something about Taysom Hill. I I I really I really 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 like the way he plays football. I really like the way he runs the ball and stuff like that. Like the whole way that um that that Peyton you know discovered him and is using him and, and utilizes him. I really really like. Now I don't know about how he can how he is as a backup. I mean as a um a pocket passer. And, and stuff like that, but I think I really like the way he's he's I like he's a change of speed compared with uh, uh, Drew Brees, and so I'm I'm it's safe to say I think I'm I'm gonna say I'm a fan of his now. I just really like the, the when he gets in the game, he runs it like he don't care, and I like that about him, man. Yeah, he went to BYU, so he probably gets it from uh, playing there. But uh, uh-huh. he, man, he, I mean they call him a, a glory. Peyton Hill is on, on Twitter. That was pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, but he's not. Right. He, he, I mean, for to fill in right now, he, he's okay. But is he a franchise quarterback? No. I don't. I don't see how. I mean, oh, he no beat way. the Falcons and the Broncos. Like, come on, man. They still want to players. Like, yeah, I mean, you got Alvin Kamara, one of the best O lines, and Michael Thomas. Like, you could throw a lot of guys out there for two games against the Falcons and Broncos, and they would get the job done. And they got the Saints, and then they got the Chiefs, so that'll be that'll be when we get to see what he's about. Right. I'm out. If he's still starting against the Chiefs, God bless. What if they win that game? What if they win that game, though? They they won't. They won't. Because you got you a top five. Got like that, man. I can't hear you. Bro, I I like Taysom Hill. I, I do. He he over disrespecting your boy. Listen, I'm not saying I'm not I'm not I'm not giving him like props of being a the greatest quarterback. I just like the way he plays. I I just like his style of play. I, I like that he how he runs. He runs real hard. I, that's that's all I'm saying. No, I'm with you on that. I actually do like the way he plays, and I think he's a good change of pace from Drew Brees, like you just said, but. When people start to talk about him as a franchise quarterback, that's where I'm like, no, oh, I don't know about, great. I don't know about franchise quarterback. I do like he, he's all, I think he's, he's a great number two quarterback because he's, especially if you have a pocket quarterback, he's Absolutely. a great change. He's a great change of pace, like the way Sean Payton uses him. I know some people down there in, in uh, New Orleans and Louisiana don't, don't like how he's used. I actually like how he's used. He's, it's a change of pace. Yeah, I, I don't know what they expect from a guy like that that can't throw the football, so I don't know how she expects him to be used, but what ifs. All right, uh, any other NFL topics you guys want to talk about real quick? Hey, man, Mark Jackson, get well soon. Yeah, man, all the Ravens got COVID, dude. They have to be careful. They might miss the playoffs, mess around with that COVID. But I hope they beat mm-hmm. the Cowboys next week. Our, our next five are looking very – are looking very – Suspect. I think we can go five and zero down the stretch. All right, man. For your sake, I hope so. Hey, All for right, my man. sake, I hope so too, Chris. 
All right, let's hop on over to the college ranks. Uh, we will start with the – I got the mixed up on the sheet. We'll start with the old Jimmy, man. Let's start with old Jimmy Harbaugh up there at Michigan. Another uh, brutal performance against Penn State. You know what, I man? I, I didn't watch the game, I'll admit. I didn't watch the Penn State game. I was too busy watching Georgia State beat up on the bums down there uh, in South Georgia, whatever they play at, uh, Georgia Southern, whatever they call it, the directional school, vocational school. Uh, technical school, whatever you want to call it. The directional so I school. That game. I was enjoying that game, so I was not paying attention to Michigan. And I was the day Patricia and Quinn got fired, so the Michigan was not going to ruin my day. But if you were one of the seven people like Marcus who watched the game, uh, Michigan lost to Penn State 27-17. A winless Penn State team that I might not that I might add. That, uh, from what I read, Michigan just didn't look like they were there. They just didn't look enthused. It just looked like a and whatever. So, Marcus, uh, is, this, is this the beginning of the end for Jim Harbaugh? I'm conflicted because, Chris, you always know I, I always talk about the glory, the glory time, the glory years. Marcus, you sound like them old heads, man, at the gas station. Listen, listen, listen to me. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a partial old head. And what I say that is, is the, the 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 good times mean a lot to me, but I'm a realist, and you know that I'm Michigan realist, and you know on certain things I can be progressive on. And I've been calling for Michigan to be to this. Let's be honest, Michigan. Are you are you want to do you want to keep up with the Jimmy and Joes, or do you want to still continue to talk about championships that happened before? Um, you know, desegregation happened. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, I I, I want to know what do you want? Because if you just want to talk about academics and old championships, fine. I'll temper my enthusiasm for Michigan football. But if you guys are going to tell me that you want to compete with the Ohio State, um, compete with the the top guys, then listen, just let me know which one are you trying to do. You can't do both. And so when I when I say that, it, the thing is, I think Jim Harbaugh is a good coach. They people making excuses saying that people in administration has stepped on his toes. I can make an argument that people in administration have bent over backwards as far as boosters and administration. I heard a report on Monday that stated uh, that how Jim Harbaugh is hated by damn near every coach in the in the in the athletics department is because he gets to do whatever he wants to do. I he, they said he he put his dad on payroll. Um he it's just a lot of different uh things to that nature that he whatever he wants to do he does. He he can get it done. And a lot of the other coaches don't like that because they like shit, you ain't even won a big ten title. <laughs> you know, you haven't even beat your biggest rival yet. So how can you get all this you know this 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 leeway and and things to do what you want to do, and you haven't really did what you need to do as far as that. So I, I get all that kind of stuff. I do think the 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 name Harbaugh holds a little clout in Ann Arbor, and I I do think Harbaugh can still do it. But I'm losing faith that he'll make the right decisions as far as coaching and things. Prime example. After the 2018 um, blowout by Ohio State, he criticized his offense, and really it was the defense. The offense was decent enough to win the game, but the de- but the and, and 
what he did was instead of focusing on the defense and putting pointing fingers at at at, um, at 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 Chris Boy Don Brown, hey, he, he said the offense. Listen, listen. He he said the offense needed a, a, a makeover, so he went and high and and he didn't he didn't sit and do a, a thing where he went and tried to find the best offensive coordinator. He called Josh Gaddis on the phone. He didn't meet him. He didn't. He didn't have an interview or anything, and just hired him. Believe believe what he said that he was calling Alabama plays, and the guy who called Alabama plays was was the guy who got the Maryland job. So mm-hmm. he he had to stop. And 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 no, don't get me wrong. Don Brown's first two years here was excellent. Don Brown first two years he he had the top two top three defenses in the country. The first year had the top defense in the country. Second year with a whole bunch of new sophomores had the third best defense in the country. Um, he he was definitely decent. And the thing with the thing that I didn't like about that one is is that he got he got Don Brown from Bill Belichick. So I'm starting to question the way the way he hires coaches. Like, do you really vet and go through a process of figuring out and just using your coach mind who the best guys are that can make your program better? I'm not. I'm. I don't like that. So in, in the end, what I would like to say is, I would like for Harbaugh to come back on a short three-year extension. I would like for him to make changes throughout the whole team. I, I would say probably I would. I would keep probably two or three position coaches. Don Brown has to go because he 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 does not he he does he's not the coordinator we need to get to go further. You know he it is it, 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 it was good while it lasted, but. People in this conference has caught on to your situation, Don Brown. So I would like to see him go peacefully. I appreciate what he has done to our program, but I, I'm, I'm about done with that Don Brown situation. But Harbaugh, I want you back, but I want changes with that. So we'll see how it goes. And, and for the administration, I don't like how they haven't came out and said either way. You know, I, I don't, I don't like how they haven't came out and said that they would. Uh, I think they can do. They can stop a lot of this noise and just say we're extending him. Like that's that's a wrap. Or give him an extension. So I don't I don't like that. So, but but I I, I am I am in favor of getting Harbaugh a three year extension with with staff changes. All right. Uh, well, I'm uh, you know Marcus is very passionate and I am too about Michigan. So we're gonna have different opinions. I want Jim Harbaugh fired. I don't give a damn who his coaches are. I want him fired. The guy that came to this program in 2015, doing the satellite camps and the antics and all this on the sideline, he's dead. He's not there anymore. And therefore, he serves no use to the program. The dude, if you look at the team, the team is the one they want to play. So now you look at either he's going to come back, they go, I mean, either way, whether he's gone or they look, he stays or he goes, they're going to lose all the recruits. You already see, what's the guy, Xavier Worthy, is that his name? He's about to flip yeah. down is what it looks like. So that's another recruit that they just lost. Like, I'm, at, this, at this point, I'm going to have to check on this, but if I had to tell you right now, it just don't feel like Donovan Edwards going to come. He still could, but that's another guy you could lose out on. And you look at over at Michigan State, Mel Tucker. I mean, they're having a bad year, but they beat Michigan, and they got they beat Northwestern last week. And now if you Mel Tucker and you Jim Harbaugh, who, who, who has a better program to sell? Oh, well, we on the rise. We had two big wins this year. But Michigan, we got two wins. We got blown out. We still ain't got no quarterback. And we all know our coach gonna be here next year. Uh, Don Brown's still here. So even if you fire Don Brown, 
with the players they got on defense, I don't even know the de- how much better defense would be because they don't have a D line, they don't have any D line D tackles. Now their best D linemen are going to be gone next year, so that's another problem that's going to come. So I mean, you know, I'm just tired of Jim Harbaugh. I'm tired of I'm tired of the uh, the lack of winning the program does in, in the big games and big moments. They don't get it done. So therefore, I'm ready to move on from Jim Harbaugh and if it like because. The feeling I'm getting now is the feeling I'm getting the last year, Rich Rod. The feeling I'm getting in the last year, Brady Hope. It's just whatever. It, it, it looks the exact same. Like it don't look no different to me. And you can blame it on COVID or whatever. But the, the, there are no differences in the three. There are no differences in the three of those like final seasons between those other two coaches and this one. So for that reason, I'm done with Harbaugh, and I want to see him go. Now, could he get an extension? Yes. And but I, I've been here. Yes, he, he is going to get an extension, but we'll not get an extension. So I really don't know what to believe at this point and what's really going to happen. But I do know that I want him gone. If he comes back, the coaches got to go. Like, Don Brown has to go. Don Brown cannot come back. And and don't get go get some some retread guy that, no, I want a young I want a young coach that can recruit, that's up and coming and is good at what they do. Don't just get Josh Giannis and, and hire him off a damn phone call. Oh, okay, well, let's get him because he's at Alabama. No, that's not right. And then, if you go get another Josh Gaddis, let him do what he does. Don't take over and implement what you want to do in there. If you're going to bring the guy in, you got to let him do what he's going to do and let him coach. So, that's why I feel in Michigan right now. Um, they're not going to play Wait, in Maryland. They actually that, that's a, I don't mean to cut you off. That's a good point because another thing that I wanted to say, I don't know how this slipped my mind, that that, that offense that Josh Gaddis is – is running. It's not. It's, that's not all. Just got his fault. Cause Harbaugh, I seen some sets in there that that's strictly Harbaugh. That's strictly Harbaugh. Cause it, it was one. It was a few sets where they had uh three tight ends out there. Just, Speed Spades ain't got three tight ends. And I saw that, and I said Harbaugh still he still got control over this offense. Like I think I think if anything. I think Josh Gaddis is our is our um, passing game coordinator, and I think that Jim Carbaugh is taking more of his advice as far as some passing things. But I really don't think that it, um, Josh Gaddis is, is 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 it has the full control of the offense because Josh Gaddis doesn't use three tight ends. No, uh, I, I agree with that. Um, Davis, when you as, as an outsider, when you look when you look at Michigan, what an embarrassment it is. What do you think? Um, wow, embarrassment. Uh, uh again, I mean, what I, what else? What other word am I? Saying? I, I mean, you, hey, you, hey, y'all, y'all are the uh, Michigan fans, so I'll you know I'll let you call it what you want. Um, to me, when we started doing this two years ago, two seasons ago, or I guess three now, two or three, whenever it was, but Michigan was a top ten team. Um. And just to see, you know, there there are down years, but it seems like, like you said, Chris, Harbaugh doesn't have that same juice that he did coming in. You know, when he would like go to recruits' houses and spend the night and wrestle with people in their living rooms, do weird stuff like that. It was like, okay, it's weird, but like Jim Harbaugh is Jim Harbaugh. But now it's he's not he's not winning. He's not winning the big games. He has a sub five hundred record against Michigan State. He hasn't beaten Ohio State, and Michigan is a big enough program to where that matters. Like it, it's not Michigan is not Northwestern. Michigan is not Illinois. Michigan is not even Wisconsin. It's a bigger program than all those schools. So you've got to 
shoot for higher because I think Michigan can like I'm, you know, I, I'm here in SEC country, but I feel like Michigan is a is a national school like everyone knows that block M the maize and blue like you just you know it, you know, you got the biggest stadium. Um, you know, I've never been to a game there, but I assume it's amazing. Um, so I think that Michigan can can shoot uh, for better. And, you know, I like Jim Harbaugh a lot. I think he's a guy that can go back to the NFL if he gets fired from Michigan. But kind of like you said, Chris, I'm just not seeing the juice from him anymore. And I think it might be time to make a change. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's been time, but it really is time. It's time. All right, Michigan won't play this week because their game against uh, Maryland has been canceled due to COVID. And uh, not going to lie to you, I wouldn't be mad if next week got canceled either because I don't want to see them get blown up by Ohio State. But more importantly, it would be a big F you to Ohio State, and I wouldn't be mad. Sure. It's because Ohio yeah. State couldn't play because they couldn't go to the Big Ten Championship unless they had six games, but we know the Big Ten going to change that rule, so. Yeah, that would truly be wild. Mark, what you think about that? You know what, man? Um, listen, the Big Ten, the 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 Big Ten used to have two children. They used to have Michigan and Ohio State. Now they only have one child to care worry about now. Because that one child is the only child that acts right and, and does what they're supposed to do. And so with that being said, I fully expect for um, if they get any um, signs that Michigan is getting worse as far as, product, as far as their numbers, that they'll fully just make um, – they'll make Michigan play – I mean, not Michigan. They'll make Ohio State play another team or whatever, to get, you know, that threshold of, of victories. Um, I, I mean, it just makes more sense. I think uh, Alvarez, the AD at Wisconsin, came out and said something to that to that fact. So if if they if it leans toward – I heard Michigan had 12 players test positive for it. If they don't um, – if they don't get if, – if, if Michigan doesn't get – if Michigan does get more – um, then that in the next few days, I fully expect Ohio State and the Big Ten to come up with some other opponent to play. Yeah, uh, that number sounds about right. That's what I heard too. So, uh, number sounds about right. So we'll see how that goes next week. Alrighty, guys. Uh, should the NCAA? Um, I mean, Kirk Herbstreit came out and accused Michigan of doing essentially that with hiding and ducking Ohio State. And then we you know the situation with Florida State last week, and uh, apparently teams have been doing this all year. So should it, should the NCAA punish teams who are dodging games and blaming it on COVID? They should mm-hmm. make they should make they should, they should do this earlier in the year. If your team, it, just like the NFL, if your team is not responsible to keep their, I know some things are are are, are out of your hands, but. If your guy, if your team is, it has, you know, has a situation where a lot of guys are spreading COVID, and the other team did they did they supposed to do, and they're, you know, taking it serious and stuff, and and they have to cancel the game and stuff like that because of you. I think the team that need that initiate the cancelization of the, of the game should forfeit that game to the other team. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
I, I just I don't think you can prove that. You know, like I, I just you know it's it's such a contagious virus that I don't feel like you can just be like, oh y'all, you know y'all spread it because you know every team's gonna have some cases. You have ninety something players and fifty yeah. something staff members, and a lot of these teams don't even report what they have. So. You know. Okay, so what no. what about Wisconsin? What about what Wisconsin did earlier in the year? They played their first game on a Friday. This the next week, their quarterback, their starting quarterback, they 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 their, their original starter was out for the season. Then the new guy, he got it, and then they right. had they're gonna have to play. They're gonna have to play um some walk-ons or something like that, and they just canceled it. And it and it and it when it gets it, they they didn't they didn't meet the threshold for cancelization so they wasn't at that point but they just canceled it and blamed it on COVID that's not right that's not fair that's true that's true and that's that's a specific situation but I just feel like overall like the like for the Florida State um Clemson example like the, the medical personnel at Florida State did that like that wasn't the coaching staff decision. So that's what I'm confused by. And you got Dabo running his mouth because he thinks he knows everything about everything. And, you know, so I just I don't know. I don't think there's a way that you can, like, truly prove that people are dodging games, because if people do have COVID cases, then they do have COVID cases. I mean, I, I agree. I agree with you there. I mean, you. I mean, that's that would be insane for me to suggest that you try to, you know, try to kind of, uh, give a person to make them forfeit off of that. I'm talking about in a case that they do something with Wisconsin did. Wisconsin didn't meet the threshold, but they just canceled it because basically they, they, their new starting quarterback was going to be out. And so they just said, we ain't going to take no chances. We you know, we just canceled the game. And I don't think that's right. You know, um, I think I think that's just something that they should have looked at more. Um, the Big Ten should have looked at more because I, I think a few other teams had used that same – they used the same – the same way out uh, or whatever. And I, I just didn't think that was right. Yeah. I mean, maybe they should show some scholarship there. Is that too far? You said what now? Maybe they should strip scholarships. Are they doing, is that going too far? No, I don't think you should strip, strip scholarships for that purpose um, or whatever. But, you know, I just think that they should make the team – for instance, Davis, would you agree? Would you disagree with this? When when with, with this, the, the 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 game I'm talking about with Wisconsin did, where they had they had enough players to play, but they like shit. We just canceled the game, so we ain't got to you know we we be down on our backup quarterback, and he's going to be out, so we just canceled the game. I think in that case, they shouldn't cancel the game. They should forfeit the game or be forced to forfeit that game to, uh, I think it was Purdue they had to play. It was Purdue. They missed two games after their first game. I think it was Purdue and somebody else. They should they should have been forced to, to um, forfeit those games because they, they yeah, didn't that's... meet the threshold. They just was like, we're not going to go through it. That's certainly frustrating. Um, but if I remember correctly, Wisconsin had like 24 positive COVID cases um, the first two weeks. I'm not sure on that number. Let me let me let me double check that. But if if what you're saying is the case that it was just the quarterbacks, then yes, that's like the Broncos situation. They they got to play through it or you know forfeit the game. But um, you know if it was like multiple multiple positives, if like half the program had it, then 
I, I see why they canceled. It was more than the quarterbacks, but I think I, – I don't know the Big Ten, but I think it's like – I'm just throwing this number out there. I think it's over yeah. 100 members. What would you say? I think that the, 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 the threshold is between 5 and 7% or not. Mistaken. Yeah, I just didn't. I don't think that Wisconsin met because the thing is, it was a lot of fan. It was a lot of people saying that Wisconsin should have forfeited. And when I, when I looked into it, I was like, yeah, because I don't think they met their threshold. Like if if you if you if you go over a certain number of cases, they automatically will cancel the game. And that and, and okay. in that case, yeah, in that case, okay, I get it. But if you don't meet that threshold, but then you cancel it, that's not fair to the other team, because you know they, you know, it is not fair. I know, I know you can't track everything. I know you can't track what people were doing. For all we know, a team, a people could be doing everything they, and they possible, and they, and they, everything in their power to, you know, accommodate this situation and do everything they can do and stuff like that. So I, I get what you were saying, but that's that's probably not fair. But if one team is clean. And the other team is not, and stuff like that, or whatever. And they got enough people to play, but they just choose not to. Then that 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 should be that should be a, a, a forfeit because I think you know you know what it was Purdue and Nebraska because Nebraska was trying to go and play another out of, out of conference team, and the Big Ten told them no. Well, they should have got that W against Wisconsin from a forfeit because they was ready, but Wisconsin wasn't, and Wisconsin had enough guys to to go to play. That and I feel like that was wrong. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. All right, uh, Davis. This is for you, man. We go. We gonna ship to Davis. Davis is our UGA guy on the show. In case you did not know, Davis has the have the dogs finally found their quarterback and USC transfer JT Daniels. He set out most of the season. Got to start against Mississippi State, and he went crazy. He backed it up again last next week. Is he finally the guy that Kirby Smart has been looking for? <laughs> I mean, Chris, it certainly seems like it. Uh, it's been a lot of – this has been, like, the most fun two weeks I've had of the season easily. Like, even when we were winning early in the season, like the game against Auburn, like, it was fun because they were they were ranked at the time. Um, and, you know, we smacked them. But, like, the style of play that we're finally playing is, like, it feels like what Saban finally did at Alabama like getting playmakers into space. Like, because our receiving core is very good and very, very young. That's the thing. So you can build on this momentum. 401 yards in your first game. Uh, Jermaine Burton had 197 yards receiving as a freshman. George Pickens is a sophomore. Arian Smith, uh, who's a USA track runner, uh, scored his first touchdown last week. Um, Kyrus Jackson's played well all season. Uh, Dom Blaylock's going to be a sophomore next year coming off an ACL injury. So Georgia has so many weapons, and it looks like JT is finally the guy that can like really use them all. And that will, in turn, help out the run game, but you won't be completely reliant upon the run game because that run game has not gotten you victories over the biggest teams like Alabama and Florida, as we saw this year, unfortunately. But it does seem like JT is that guy, 401 yards passing in his first start, uh, one SEC co-offensive player of the week. And last week, uh, he played fine. Georgia rushed the ball so well, we ran for over 230 yards on the ground. So uh, he didn't have to do as much, but still played fine. Um, My only, not criticism, but my only, I guess, red flag is that Mississippi State and South Carolina are not necessarily talented defenses. 
Uh, so I do want to see it against better competition. Of course, this week we play Vanderbilt, so we will not be getting that this week. Uh, but perhaps in the bowl game, we'll see what JT can do. But I expect him to light it up again this week. And it does seem, at least for now, Chris, that Georgia has found its quarterback. Okay, so how long has Kirby been at UGA? So this is Kirby's f- this, this Kirby fifth, fifth, year. fifth year. Fifth year, correct. All right, so it, it took Kirby five years to finally find what he thinks is a quarterback. Jimmy's well, been at UGA for six, and he hasn't even found his. I don't know if you can say that Fromm wasn't his quarterback. I mean, he started every game but one his whole career. And he played, I mean, he played fine. He just never got us over that hump. I mean, he got us to the national yeah, championship right. game. Okay, well, that's even worse on Harbaugh. I mean, the man had his quarterback in year two or three, and Harbaugh slain five years in year six. Yeah, I would say, I would say that this, that JT has the potential to be that, like, that star at quarterback that George has been missing. What's the thing about that? was like a good system guy, and everybody liked Fromm, but he had so many limitations know. as well. Can Can you fill me in on why wasn't JT the starter from jump? Because once he transferred from USC, um, I thought that was a no brainer that he should have been the starter. I mean, yeah, he was. He he he. If you look at his freshman year at USC in eighteen. People got to remember, JT Daniels really was a 19 recruit. He reclassified to an 18. Right. So he's really a, a year ahead of, you know, uh, uh, he's, you know, he's a year ahead of schedule and stuff like that. And I was surprised, like, okay, this guy, you know, played at SC in the 18, a freshman, um, or 17 or whatever. And then he gets injured, and then he's come back. I would have once once Fromm said he was leaving for the pros. That should have been the automatic that he was going to be the starter. When they when they start playing around with Dewan Mathis and and the other uh, the little guy who couldn't do nothing against Alabama who looked horrible. Um, he should have automatic. I mean, I didn't know. I don't. I think that if there's any blemish you could say about Kirby Smart, it was it was playing around with him like. They could have beat Florida, you know, with JT Daniels, and they would have had a better shot at Alabama with JT Daniels. I, I didn't know if he was if he was hurt a little bit. Yeah, I, didn't, I don't know what the the issue was with that, but he totally dropped the ball with that situation. So that's what it was. Uh, he was cleared after the first week. Uh, he couldn't play against Auburn. He wasn't cleared yet because I feel like if before the season. Like, I feel like before that Auburn game, if he would have gotten cleared, he would have had a chance to potentially start. Um, but I think since Stetson started that first game, they were like, let's not even risk it. Because they did, like, I have heard from people, and this did not come from Kirby directly, but, like, I've heard from people that have ties that they just felt like he wasn't ready yet. Like, he was cleared, but clear doesn't mean 100%. So, I, I this is my opinion now. I feel like they probably – felt he was ready to go 100% against Florida, but they didn't want to throw him in there as his first game. And then after the loss to Florida, it's like, eh, you have nothing to lose. So they put him in there against Mississippi State, and he balled out. But um, certainly I think we would have had a much better chance against Florida and Alabama with JT Daniels as the starter. And side note, uh, guy you mentioned a couple seconds ago, Marcus, uh, Dewan Mathis entered the transfer portal earlier this week. Uh, dude from Michigan. Uh, would not be surprised if he ended up at 
Michigan or Michigan State. He won. He won Michigan State. Yeah, I would think. I mean, Mel Tucker obviously has Georgia ties, so I, I figured that. Uh, hey, hey, I want to throw this out there real quick, Chris. Did y'all hear that Joe Milton told Michigan coaching staff that if that when he got benched or whatever, that he was going to come back and he was going to transfer and come back and beat Michigan by forty points? No way. I heard that. I don't. I heard that on a podcast earlier in the week that he told the coaching staff that, and they was talking about that if it, that something must be wrong at the at the culture in Michigan because there's no way that he would have been able to, you know, for former uh, former Michigan coaches, there would be no way that he would have ever played another down again, and he said that or whatever. So I'm just yeah. telling you what I heard. Yeah, I actually heard it today. I, I I had to look into it and see. Would you, so would you believe is, it? Did he enter the transfer portal? Not no, yet. This week, the other quarterback hurt. Gabe Atkins hurt, so he couldn't have started. Gotcha. But um, Duan Mathis is the guy. I feel like Michigan should give a chance. No, I think I think Michigan gonna put all the eggs in the um, JJ McCarthy basket. Okay. Which wow. Okay. Cool. Well, how you feel about that, Marcus? You like that? You know what, Chris? I have I'm I'm a little older guy, a little bit man, and I I'm really trying to share all of the preconceived notions about football that I had, um, about certain things that I used to have. Dude, in 20 years ago, the, the you seeing freshmen come in straight from high school starting, that was something very 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 rare. But you know what? I'm starting to open up and really realize it's a different day and age, different game, man, and things are very different. I don't know if the dude really is he really that good? Is he good enough to do this though? I don't know. I don't know. I don't I used to say I used to say stuff like that. I used to look at some high school footage and say, Oh, this guy is good enough to start tomorrow. But if I can't lay my eyes on you physically and see you throw the ball and see how you react and things like that, I don't know. I don't I can't tell. So I'm just gonna go you gonna show me something. as a Michigan fan one thing that hurts our fan base and one thing that I can't dispute when other fan bases say stuff about us is that we get caught up in the hype machine too much. So I, I just want to rather, I'd rather with him, I'd just rather see. Well, yeah, I'd rather see how things go out, man. Um, you know, I, I'm, 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 I'm going to wait and see how things are. But the way, the way things are looking is looking like Joe Milton won't be here next year. Even if, even if he starts against Ohio State and the other games that we have this season, I think he knows the coaching staff doesn't have faith in him. So I, it's going to be between him and K McNamara next year. And I think I think K is nice. He got a nice little skill set, but I don't think he got the. I don't think he got all the tools we need to do what we need to do. Okay. Jim Harbaugh back next year ain't doing nothing. So. Oh, Chris. Uh, Market, what are you saying that made me to believe that they're going to do something? Just let me know. I think they're too they're – too, I think COVID is, is going to cover up for some things. I think, I think that if you was going to get rid of them and you was going to make a – and you was going to do it, I think you should do it right now. So they can get they can they they can literally like salvage whatever recruiting class they have this year, 
but you waiting too late in the game, man. You waiting okay, too late. Okay, I'm just saying, if he's back, they're not gonna do anything. That's all I'm saying. So I'm not saying. Oh, I mean, I think, I think, I will say this. Usually, first, usually most first year coaches don't do a lot their first years, and I would, I would say, but one year. I would take Harbaugh over any coach that we would get for the next okay, year. Okay, but you're setting yourself backwards. You setting yourself you, backwards. You, you may be. You you may be. I'm. I just really. I really. I'm really a, a supporter of Harbaugh, and I really want Marcus, him to do see, well see, here. See, not see. Now I got you know you my boy Marcus. I got to call you out though because you say okay. you Michigan realist. You say you you Michigan realist, but you ain't being real because you because you said oh I don't put my faith in him. But what has he done up to this point to make you put your faith in him, to make you want to believe that he's the guy? So if you bring him back for another year, at least with another coach, you bring in, let's say they're going to get Ty Wheeler. Let's say they're going to get, I don't know, whoever the hell they want to get. At least with that new coach, he bringing new energy. He can go sell recruits, so he can be working on that 2022 class or 2020, whatever class, 2021 class. But you bring a hardball back. Not only is you not going to make progress towards the future, you're going to stay the same or get worse because they're not getting better. So you're going to stay the same or get worse, right? And you're just going to drive yourself back because you're not going to go forward with new, new recruits, new energy, and bring in new, newness to the program. It's going to be the same thing. It's going to be stale. So I don't see how you say you 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 want to go back to hardball when he ain't done nothing to deserve it. He really just brought up the rep that, that he was Bo's son and – just the old, the old, the old Michigan um, narratives or whatever you want to go. But if we be honest, he don't really deserve it. This is what I'm saying, Chris. Is and I everything you're saying. I'm not. I don't want to make it sound like I don't agree with what you're saying. I agree wholeheartedly most of what you're saying about the results. Everything you're saying, I agree. The one thing that's the the biggest elephant in the room is that this is a COVID year. Let me let me let me explain this to you. After last year, Michigan put so many guys in a, in the league and sent a lot of guys graduated. All the good listen, 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 listen. And you you had a lot of guys. You you got a, actually a, an entire a brand new offensive line. Five guys that played the last two three weeks are a different five guys from last year. You got a lot of different pieces across the board. You got two the two best players that, that was on your team. There was Nico Collins and Amory Thomas is gone. So you got so many different raw spots. That's one thing that media won't say that they won't get into the grit of the grind of it. Because it don't Listen, matter. Chris, 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 Alabama Chris. care? Alabama care? Does Alabama care? Does Clemson care? We're not Alabama. If that's what Michigan clan they want to be, the good teams, it don't matter. It don't matter that they lost players. It don't matter this and that. All that matters is, all right, we got these new set of guys in here. We finna reload and keep going at it. It don't matter how many guys you lost to the pros because good programs go lose guys to the pros. It don't matter that it's COVID. It don't matter that you got to break new guys in. It's your job to, as a coaching staff, to whatever guys you got ready, you got to get them ready to go and they be, be ready to rock and roll when the season starts. Michigan coaches right. that has players in doing that. Chris, you're right. Everything you're saying is right about Alabama and Ohio State compared to Michigan. You're right. What I'm saying is we are not them. Like when, when, when they listen, when I they listen, Chris, when they say when they say we all get such and such time for spring ball, do you honestly think Nick Saban 
or Urban Meyer was actually following those rules, those guys in the SEC, the guys that want to compete, not not the South Carolinas and the Missouris and those and Vanderbilts, I'm talking about the guys that really want to compete. Do you think those guys follow the the, the NCAA or the, or their conference rules when they when they say y'all got six weeks in the spring for spring ball? Them guys be practicing March, April, May, June. They they got they got so sophisticated ways to do it. But Michigan is going to play by the rules. They're going they're going to do exactly what the NCAA tells them to do. Those schools don't listen to that. That's the difference. Point point being, Chris, is that we this is the COVID year shouldn't go 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 against far as like a strike a year against Harbaugh. That's all I'm saying. It, even though he should have had more success before now, this COVID year should not be a year that's counted against him because we had so much stuff going on, Chris. This, that's all I'm trying to say. This is a, this is a crazy year. You had two of your top best players don't play. You got to replace a whole new offensive line. Quarterback, three receivers. Come on now, come on now. That's a lot. You got to replace, dog. It's a lot. And what do good schools do? Good schools that don't follow the rules do good. <laughs> but everybody else who who has to follow the rules, they don't they don't do so well. Also, all right, we just gonna agree to disagree. I just think that I don't. You you just gotta have guys ready to go. Are you right? You right. You right. They don't. Right. They don't rules but right. that still you gotta have your guys ready to go all right all right guys let's get into the picks real quick then we get out of here uh all right we're not just gonna go straight up this week no no spread all right game number one we got the number four book guys they got, they were off last week they did not play uh they got the Spartans this week coming off a of, uh, upset of number eight Wisconsin uh number eight Northwestern uh Davis who you got uh, I think Michigan State can play hard, but I mean they're no match for Ohio State. Marcus, you going with Sparty? Your boy Mel Tucker. Listen, let me tell you, if if, if Mel Tucker, I y'all gonna y'all gonna laugh at me. I get Mel Tucker. I out of anybody in the Big Ten besides Indiana, I give Michigan State the biggest chance to um stun Ohio State, and I got one reason why. Two reasons. Mel Tucker got some guys playing inspired football, and number two, Ohio State going to have – I think this Ohio State team, that they come out this Saturday, is going to look different than what we thought. I think they got a lot of injuries or a lot of uh, COVID situations, COVID players that's not going to be able to play. They, I think uh, for them to cancel that game last week, that says something. This is Ohio State now. That says something that something wrong there that they had to cancel that game last week, and then Ryan Day came out and said that um he came out and said that the um they 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 are missing some significant pieces for Saturday, and I'm telling you, I that don't sound good to me. So just watch out I, if if Ohio, if Michigan State had any type of quarterback, I would I would go I would straight up pick them, but they don't. So I can't do that, but just watch out for that game. That game gonna be, should be it's, I think it's gonna be tighter than what it's what it, what you would normally think um, that would be. All right, uh, give me the Buckeyes in that one. Game number two, we got number twelve Indiana, the Hoosiers going. Oh damn, 
Indiana's going up against Wisconsin this week. I'm sorry. So I messed that one up. All right, Indiana, Wisconsin. Davis, who you got? I like Indiana in that one. I think they've been playing good football this season, and I'll take the Hoosiers. Marcus? I'll take the winner of the um, – I'll take I'll take the Indy I'll take the Hoosiers I think I think the Hoosiers Oh no never mind never mind Penix out Give me the Give me the um, Wisconsin Yeah I forgot Penix is out But that's not enough for me to take uh, You know I'm gonna take Wisconsin since Penix is out You're right But that Indiana's been playing really good this year All right, game, game number three we got This is see I will say I will say real quick real quick This game right here just proves that you don't have to schedule games three week or. 14 years in advance. You can schedule the game this offseason before and make it work. Right. You got number 13, BYU, number 18, Coastal Carolina. This game came together today after Liberty and Coastal was shut down. Now BYU's going to hop into play. Davis, who you got? I I like BYU to win this game, but I was seeing on Twitter people think that it was going to be a blowout. I don't think so. I think Coastal Carolina's a good team, but BYU still wins because they got a great quarterback. Yeah, Marcus? Give me Coastal Carolina. The Shants came to Atlanta and embarrassed us. You think I'm picking them? Oh. No, it would be BYU. All right. Uh, <laughs> game number four, we got the Road Tide, the uh, Alabama Crimson Tide, traveling to Death Valley to take on the LSU Tigers. Go Tigers, as Coach O likes to say. Who you got, Davis? Um, I'll take Alabama to cover. I think the spread's 29 and a half. I'll take, uh, I'll take Alabama to win by 31 to 35 points. Marcus? Road Tide going to get revenge from last year. Right. Yeah, they're going to run this screw up. Give me roll tide. All right, last game of the week, we got the number five-ranked Texas A&M Aggies traveling to Auburn to take on the Tigers. Davis, who you got? I'll take Texas A&M by double digits. I think they're so much better of a team than Auburn. All right, Marcus? Give me Auburn. I think Texas A&M is overrated. Wow. I do think that Texas A&M may be a bit overrated, but not bad enough to lose to Auburn. Give me Texas A&M. All right, over to the NFL. We got the new Drew Brees, the new, the next best thing in the NFL, the next great quarterback, Taysom Hill. They travel to Atlanta to face the Falcons, the Dirty Birds. Davis, who you got? I'll take the Saints to win this game, although the Falcons played really well last week. I'll, I'll take the Saints, but closer than it was two weeks ago. All right, all right, Marcus. Man, I could have sworn that they already played the Saints twice this year. I know they're in the same division. I thought they already played them boys twice. Give me, give me the um, Falcons. Uh, yeah, man, the Falcons are. I mean, the Falcons are bad, but they lose to Taysom Hill twice. That's embarrassing. I'm gonna roll with Raheem, the Dream, and the Falcons. Uh, all right, now we got this. Is gonna be a pretty good game, actually. Cleveland Browns. Although I'm not a huge Baker Mayfield guy, the Browns travel to Tennessee to take take on the Titans. Davis, who you got? Yeah, the Browns are kind of like the Steelers too. They're fraudulent. They don't play anybody. Um, I'll take the Titans. King Henry goes crazy again. All right, Marcus. You said you said the Browns and Titans. Mm-hmm. Give me the Titans. Yeah, Titans. Derrick Henry's gonna go crazy, and that one he's gonna probably put up two hundred yards on the Browns. Give me the Tennessee Titans. All right, the game number three. We got the, this is pretty pretty good one. L.A. Rams and the Arizona Cardinals. Davis, who you got? So both teams coming off unexpected losses. I'll take the Rams. Rams, all right, Marcus. Rams. Well, give me Kyler to bounce back in this one. Kyler had a tough week last week. Go bounce back against that Rams defense. All right, game number four. This is gonna be this game of the week right here. The Buffalo Bills and the San Francisco 49ers. The Bills travel to San Fran, but the 
but due to COVID, they can't play there. So I think they're playing in Arizona this week. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I'm going to look that up real quick. Yeah, but they, that's yeah. true. They're playing in Arizona because of COVID. San Fran's been playing well. Um, I'm tempted to take them, but I'll take Buffalo close. Yeah, I'm gonna go with uh Marcus on that. Go ahead, Marcus. I would have picked. I would have picked uh, um San Fran initially, but I think even though uh, fans haven't been allowed or at the regular capacity during the season, I think just being this whole playing different, you know. Uh, state is just going to look. It's just going to be a little different for San Fran. So give me Buffalo. Yeah, I'm going. Surprisingly, man, Josh Allen has played really well this year. So I'm going with Josh Allen and the Bills. Bills Mafia. All right, the Lions playing without Matty P for the first time in three years. Uh, they got the the Bears this week. Who you got, Davis? Um, I mean, the real winner of this game is whoever doesn't have to watch it. These are <laughs> right. Two not pretty teams. Uh, I'll take the Lions because I think no. that when teams fire coaches, they get like a little bit of a spark under them. Like we've seen that with the Falcons and Raheem Morris this year. Uh, Trubisky starting. He's terrible. Give me the Lions in a close game. But Chicago's lost, what, five in a row? So it'll it'll be six. Uh, and Swift's playing. And Swift's playing this weekend. So. I don't know. I don't, I don't think he's going to play this week. I don't no, he's out of concussion protocol. He's good to go. I don't know, man. We'll see. I saw some very bad comments today. So, some discouraging comments. We'll see. Marcus. No, the Bears. The Bears, yeah. Uh, the Bears is a uh, – they've been um, the Lions killer for the past two years. Mitch Trubisky is bad against everyone else but the Lions. It's a proven fact. You can look that up. Mm-hmm. And they'll be good again against the Lions this week. So, give me – the Bears. And that's going to wrap it up unless these guys get anything for us. Nah, I'm all good, man. I'm sorry. All right, Marcus, you good, brother? Yes, I'm good, man. All right, man. If I heard from Marcus, man, you know, it's been tough watching Michigan this year. You know, just, amen. Well, I'm going to say this. If there's one thing I should do, I should listen to Valenny. I just thought he was just. And I don't, I don't, I never listened to him after the Michigan game, but he was praying and, and talking all that. This year not going to count. Whatever happens, you know, whatever, 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 whatever. So I'm gonna go with that route. And this year doesn't doesn't count. I mean, I hate I hate that certain certain things weren't better, but this wasn't a normal year. No, no spring practice. Uh, a lot of things just didn't go according to how we normally would. So we're gonna go full steam ahead for next year's spring practice, and let's see what happens. Yeah, all right. I can leave that mess if y'all want to. Jimmy, take a All right, guys. All right, and that's going to just about do it for this week's show. As always, make sure you subscribe where you listen to your podcast on Apple, Spotify, or SoundCloud, Average Sports Guy. All one word, no spaces, all lowercase letter. Average Sports Guy on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or SoundCloud. So, for Davis and Marcus, I'm Chris. Thanks for listening. Thank you.